This is Bellator Colloquium, a podcast of the Bellator Society. Bellator in Latin means warrior, and a colloquium is a conversation. We at the Bellator Society are online warriors for the true, good, and beautiful, and this podcast is our conversation about all those things and so much more. Meet us here weekly at Bellator Colloquium and at bellatorsociety.com for content that will hopefully lift you, inspire you, comfort you, and make you feel a part of our Bellator Society. Welcome, friends and warriors, to podcast number one. We are so excited to get our feet wet in the wonderful world of podcasting. We started this podcast because of you, our dear Bellator Society. We started our blog in the advent of 2018, and it's grown our little society into something so much bigger than we ever anticipated over the past few months that we started getting requests for a podcast. So this is our answer. Yes, we are doing it. Well, let me, let me say this first. Our first answer was, you want what? You, you want us to do what? You want to hear us? Like, <laughs> it was kind of overwhelming when we first started getting those requests, but we definitely are a work in progress for sure. And this podcast is the fruit of comments and suggestions that we've gotten since we started Bellator Society and kind of exploded our blog out in during Advent. Um, you know, when Tracy and I were designing the blog with our really talented designer, we were like into the weeds of the minutia of the font and the font size and the colors. And this navy blue isn't the perfect navy blue. <laughs> so many navy blues. So many yeah. navy blues. <laughs> exactly. We spent so much time on that stuff. And when we finally launched the blog, we started to get like, I would say weekly, maybe even a few times a week, comments from readers, sweet, darling people who were trying to help us. Thank you for helping us. But they would tell us, your your font is too thin. I can't see it. Or the color is too light or, you know, whatever the case may be. And start, we, we started kind of tweaking it um, as we were getting those comments. And um, I think we've landed in a sweet spot. I think everybody can read it. We haven't got any, gotten any comments lately. And um I love your charity, but I always thought it was hilarious that people gave us so many opinions on our <laughs> blog. <laughs> so, but we are here to please and we yeah. tweaked and we tweaked and we tweaked some more. And I think that it's readable. Yes. There's no, there's no, except for us, there's no major need for eyeglasses. So <laughs> I think we're on to something now. Finally. Absolutely. Well, speaking of eyeglasses, um, last summer, I think it was, I thought I was becoming illiterate. I couldn't like read a book anymore without like my eyes crossing and things getting blurry. And I was like, well, I guess, I guess I'm just not interested in reading anymore. And so finally my husband was like, you need to go to the ophthalmologist and just have your eyes checked. So I went and I went through the whole like panel and all the tests and things like that. And at the end of my, <laughs> the end of my um, appointment, the doctor came and he was like, well, your eyes look fine. You know, he, he was trying to be very delicate about it, but he was like, you might consider some readers. <laughs> and I was like, you, you mean cheaters? You mean the things that, that old ladies wear? <laughs> He's like, yeah, I think they're going to help you. But start at the lowest strength and then just move up. Well, I mean, I moved from one to like one and a half in a day, you know, and now I have like a stockpile of my little readers all over my house. But if you can't read something, it is really, you know, it's hard. And so I, I do appreciate that people were telling us and helping us kind of find, you know, what we should do. But I remember one of our last comments and Tracy, I think you're the one who received it was from someone who asked us if maybe we could just read the blogs, like just read them for a podcast. And that's what we, that was kind of our first thought of what you want to hear us talking to. <laughs> so here we are. We're talking. Here we are. 
And now we're going to try to do it every week. Well, and you know, we've got amazing bloggers that write for us all over the country. So we've got um, a plethora of content. So I think what we want to do to start out with is just go, go back in the archives and start with some of our older blogs and pick some of our favorites, some of the ones that got maybe a lot of attention for whatever reason. And usually those blogs were, were blogs that we didn't even necessarily think were going to be a hit and they were. So a, it shows how much we, um, we know our constituents, but number two, it just shows you how organic this process is. Yeah. Um, because we, we put things out there and some things really hit, hit a nerve for better or for worse. And some things, you know, were sweet and people enjoy them and it kind of lifts them up. So we're choosing the ones that people really liked or people had some criticisms on and we're going to read little bits of it and talk about it and sometimes interview people. You and I have a running list. I know every time I see something on Facebook or I see something in the news, I'm like, this is a Catholic. We got to interview this person or, you know, an <laughs> artist or, or somebody doing something cool, um, kind of in the Catholic community. So we've got like a wish list going and we, we've got our blog. So I think we're going to have more than enough to talk about for the Absolutely. foreseeable future. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about this week. I'm about, I'm excited about kind of reaching back into the archives and pulling out content that, you know, I mean, the, the truth of the matter is when we started way back in Advent of 2018, I mean, we had like your sister, my mom, you know, like, we didn't have like, you know, throngs of people and by no means all the people who were, who are, you know, following us today. And so I feel like people weren't exposed to some of this content that was really beautiful. You right. know, we tried to put our best foot forward. Um, in the blog and in this podcast, although I'm pretty sure we're never going to listen to this podcast again ourselves. Never. <laughs> Once it's never. out for public consumption. Uh, Matt and I did a recording for an organization that we're a part of. Um, we did like a three-day filming process and it was, you know, distributed. I've never seen it. This has been like three years since we did it. I've never seen my face on the screen because I can't. I just can't <laughs> do it. So I feel like that's what this is going to be like. I will do this and I will never listen to it on my own. So if I say something crazy, dear beloved listeners, tell me, like email me, text me. If you got my text, like tell me that you shouldn't have said that or because I'll never know. I'll never know. <laughs> Speaking of emailing us, um, we were, we are also going to take some questions. Um, if you have questions, email us, let us know. And we have been laughing because we have a little form on our website where you can, you know, type your questions in and we may or may not ever receive that because we're not <laughs> sure where it goes. So our email address <laughs> is probably your best bet. And that is bellatorsociety at gmail.com. And that comes to both of us. So Absolutely. if you really have a question or a criticism or a critique or, um, it doesn't look good to you. Yeah. Or uh, we sound, yeah. we sound, um, not good. <laughs> Let us know. We, we're dying to know. Um, so should we pick a blog? Should we talk yeah. about it? Yeah, let's do it. Let's go. Let's go back to the very beginning. It's a very good place to start. <laughs> so I think our first one is um, going to be from Kristen Hamill, who is a wonderful woman in general. She's an amazing woman. She has her hand in so many different pots. She teaches natural family planning in Colorado, and uh, she and her husband um, have for babies at this moment. And uh, she wrote a blog for us uh, back in January called No Need to Wash Your Face Girl, which may be a little familiar because uh, it is referencing something in pop culture. It is. And so she she 
talk about hitting a nerve. I mean, people yeah. went crazy over this. And we, and I think when we first published it, I was like, oh, this is going to be not good because the, the author that um, is sort of a critique of her, her book really popular yeah <laughs> Very popular. A, I mean just for the listening audience who doesn't know there's a book called um girl wash your face by Rachel Hollis who is like guru self-help woman in you know lifestyle and social media and stuff like that she's got a large following and a large company uh, to boot because of that following um and so this was her kind of first book uh published in the I, I think in the self-help genre. I think she had had other books prior, but I think this was her first like big self-help book. And it was huge. Like, I think my sister read it, you know, not shortly after it was released and called and she was like, Oh, we got to talk about this. So, I mean, my sister, friends, you know, everybody's reading this book or has read this book. And then Kristen wrote this piece as just, as you said, like a bit of a critique of the book, or at least a point in the book. I mean, the book is really funny. Rachel Hollis is a great writer. Um, she's not a theologian by any stretch of the means. (laughs) A lot of her biblical interpretation at least is not um something that we would accept however she's a great writer she's a fun read but there, it, it hit a nerve in Kristen that she responded to that then we had a great kind of conversation going among our readership because of this so Trey you want to talk a little bit about what that sure. nerve was so well she starts you know talking about the increase of the self-help market mm-hmm. and and she goes on to say I'm hearing constantly that I can have it all if I just hustle What I'm really hearing is that our current version of me is not good enough. The current me can do more, be more, and have more than I do right now. And because I can, I should. And she talks about really that was something that she kind of held on to, that she wanted a better life. She wanted a bigger home. She wanted to have more kids. She wanted her husband to retire early. But then she says, slowly over time, God put a new dream in my heart. He showed me that my life, just exactly the way it is right now, is enough. And... She ends it with saying, St. Mother Teresa said it best, never worry about numbers, help one person at a time, and always start with the one nearest to you. Yeah. And um, you and I have talked about that, you know, many times of how, as Mother Teresa said, we're not all called to, you know, change the world, but we can change the world for our family and we can change the world for our neighbors or for our small community. Um, and people, I think it was like balm to the soul of so many women because, before I'd even woken up, it had been shared numerous times by people that I didn't even know really read our blog. Mm -hmm. Um, Friends of mine that weren't Catholic, you know, people that we didn't even know. And I think there's so many side gigs and side hustles, which is, there's nothing wrong with that. There's, you know, if you have to help your family make ends meet, go for it. I mean, that's, that's, that's the work you're called to do. But just because you can doesn't mean you have to, or you should, or that you're not good enough if you don't. Right. I think, and I think that is exactly the message um, because I think something in um, Rachel Hollis's book that she uh, says over and over again, and um, it's one of the, the, so in her book, she says, these are the lies that the world tells you. And this is the the appropriate response to those lies. And um, one of the responses is don't ever give up on your dreams. You know, you will hit obstacles. Of course you will. You know, you will have something that you want to do. You will have um, an aspiration or a goal and, you know, chase it, hustle, get what you want, never give up. You know, it's kind of like that pep talk, pep talk, pep talk. <laughs> and, um, and that, you know, some people probably do need that. Yeah. But on the other hand, we can't, um, 
you know, white knuckle our dreams so much um, and not expect that the trajectory of our life will change um, if, if, for, if for any reason than by God's will, right? And I think that's what's missing in um, sort of the, the Hollis version of, of don't give up on your dreams. And I think that's something that Kristen um, did a fantastic job of helping people kind of work through that sometimes chasing one dream, while it might be a really good thing, might not be what God has planned for exactly. you. So you kind of have to open yourself up to the possibility that even though this is my dream, even though I want to be a Broadway actress, right? <laughs> and I spend four years of college <laughs> schlepping it up on the stage, you know, taking tap classes and voice lessons. And, you know, it may end up that God's dream for me is being a mom of four boys in my house, you know, and, and raising these holy immortal souls um, to honor him and to glorify him with their lives. And it has little to do with the dream that I had. And, you know, if I had white knuckled that dream, I say, I say this all the time to Matt, um, when I was in college, I can't remember if it was my sophomore or junior year, but um, I was invited to go to New York um, with one of my dance teachers uh, for an intensive during the summer. And I really considered it. I considered going. It seemed like a really good opportunity, but I knew that Matt and I were kind of in a place where we were moving towards marriage and I just didn't know if it was the right time. And I prayed a lot about it. And, you know, at, in the, at the end of the day, I decided not to do that intensive and, um, and, you know, kind of focus on working towards our relationship and, you know, having conversations that were actually kind of difficult that I will talk about in the blog at a later date. <laughs> but, um, you know, I was able to release that dream and was able then to receive, I think what was God's will for me all along was to, you know, marry Matt and to have a family with him. And if I had pursued this dream, which was beautiful and good um, at, for me at the time, I don't know that I would have had the same end game. So I think that, you know, don't give up on your dreams, you know, it is a, it's, it's a message that's very ubiquitous. Like everybody says that, but I don't know that it's really healthy for us to mean it in every case. Mm -hmm. You told me one time that God's not a puppet master. So he's not up controlling your every move and your every whim. You can have a couple good options and a couple, you know, good dreams. And you have to sort of um, make your decision and, you know, but, but it's not, we're not all called to be the president or to be a star or to be, you know, the, the next Albert Einstein. And um, we have to maybe accept that. Yeah. And so in turn, we got some criticism. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did. And it was kind of emotional criticism, you know, and, and I don't say emotional in a, in a negative way. I just mean like people took it to heart and um, it, it took Kristen's message to heart and thought that it was a judgment on what they were doing and the choices that they were making in their lives. Like maybe they did have, you know, a, an, an at-home situation job where they were making money that they felt their family needed or that they wanted so that they could do things that they wanted to do. And they felt like this blog that Kristen wrote um, somehow made a judgment on that decision. And, um, you know, it's so interesting how people, how, how conversations kind of spiral and, and branch out. And I, I actually very much enjoyed um, people defending this particular blog um, because I do think that there was truth there that's kind of 
hard truth sometimes. And it makes you have to be introspective about why you're doing the things that you're doing. And again, no judgment being placed on the people who, who felt that sort of visceral response of, Ooh, don't judge what I'm doing, you know? Um, But I do, I often find that when I have that knee jerk reaction to something, I'm like, Hmm, I have to take a step back and think, am I having this reaction because it's actually speaking to something in my heart that I need to change? Why, why is this so raw? Why did this hurt me so, so deeply, you know, because it was definitely, it was an article written in charity. It was not, it was not, um, ugly or finger pointing. And it was really more of her situation. Um, I mean, she, it was about me and my dreams and my heart and my whatever. So I think that, you know, if this, if this was super offensive to you, it might've been, it it might, it might mean that there's something maybe going on that, you know, take, there's a conflict. Yeah. Yeah. There's something going on. Um, because it, it certainly was not written in a in a mean spirited way. Oh heavens no! But I do think it was written so smartly. Like I love when Kristen writes because I feel like at the beginning she's got that hook that we all want. You know, like when we write something, we wanted like draw people in, and you know she's even her even her title. You know, is like I'm talking about something that is popular that everybody's talking about, and I have something to say about it. And then she just you know she hooks you, but then she she lands it so softly and beautifully and. And charity um, in a in a very personal way, and and you I don't think you can you can't you cannot go wrong if you are ending something with the words of Saint Mother Tra- <laughs> Teresa of Calcutta. Like, not at <laughs> all. Mic drop moment at that point. Who who I mean I everyone loves Saint Mother Teresa, and um, I when we were talking about this previously, I I made the. The, the reference to St. Mother Teresa, not even really realizing that she had ended it this way, that we, in the adoption world, which is the world that my family kind of comes from, um, we talk about you can't, you can't adopt everyone. You can't take care of the whole world, but it matters to one. It matters to that one. Like you've changed their world. You've changed their trajectory. And, you know, in turn, they've changed, the child changes the family's trajectory. Yeah. And, you know, you look at, funerals. Um, and when you go to somebody's funeral, there's people mourning, there's people crying. It's because that person Mm -hmm. and more, more times than not was a world changer for their family, for their kids, for their grandchildren, for generations, but you'll never know their name. You know, you'll never see their name in the newspaper. Um, people die every day that, um, leave, heartbroken families behind because they were special, you know? So, so maybe you're not called to be special to the world, but you're called to be special to your family. And that's kind of your, your, your small world, your domestic church. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I really love that. And before we jump to our next um, blog, I want to talk about something really fast because we keep seeing St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta or St. Mother Teresa. Isn't it funny that we say St. Mother? Because I think we do that with like Padre Pio too. We do St. Padre Pio, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> and we just can't let go of those, those endearing terms of mother and Padre, right? They're, they, they meant something in our lives as Mother Teresa and as Padre Pio that when we even, when, when they get that official saint, when they get that ST period yeah. in front of their name, we can't drop the mother and the padre. And I kind of love that. I think that's really, are there any other saints that we do that for? Well, to me, like Pope, like popes, oh, we yeah. don't, I mean, it's not St. John Paul the second. I mean, it, it is, but I always say St. Pope John Paul the second. Well, I think the proper order is Pope Saint. 
John Paul II. And whenever it's a Pope saint, what does the Pope say? It's Pope saint. And I don't know why that Pope precedes saint, but I think that that's when I read, and I only know this because I taught Western civilization from a Catholic perspective to high schoolers this past year. And this is something we talked about in class. So I just don't have this knowledge on my own. So So that's that's not to interrupt you, but that is, but I am interrupting you. I'm sorry. Um, So my youngest goes to St. John the 23rd. And it's not oh, the same Pope no, John. It's not Pope St. John. But maybe that was just because the school was St. John the 23rd before he was canonized. No, no he no. was less. It was the, so the governor of, of Arizona is Catholic and he's uh-huh. children there and then to, you know, the, the, the boys high school here, but he laughs that he spent more money on uniforms than he did in elementary school. than he spent on tuition because he was, it was Pope John the 23rd. It was blessed John the 23rd. <laughs> Now it's St. John the 23rd. And so he said he had a boy or two in the school at all times and had to like it. Every year. Every year. Every year. So that's interesting. We have to look into that. Yeah. Maybe we do need to like do a little bit of research there, but I just, I just loved it when we were saying St. Mother Teresa, like St. Mama, you know, it's just, it's a sweet little term of endearment that I think is uh, cool. So jumping into our next blog, do you want to introduce it? smells like Catholic. <laughs> so this author is someone I've known for a long time. She's my <laughs> Your whole life. My older sister. Um and she is she is a saint. She is a, a soul catcher. She um is someone that you when you look at her and you know she's Catholic and she lives a Catholic life, but somehow like almost biannually, she calls and says, so-and-so's coming into the church. And I'm like, how do you do that? She just has a way of loving people where they are. And um, I mean, everyone loves my sister. She's just, she's that person. And she's not even like an overly, sorry, Carrie, she's not an overly like pious woman who's veiled at mass who, you know, but she has such a way that she loves her faith and loves her faith so much that she, that people are attracted to her. And um, so she went on this vacation and wrote a blog about it. So I'm going to let you. Pause. I want to go back to Carrie really fast before okay. we get into the blog, because I do want to say uh, I concur 100%. But I think the, the thing about Carrie is that she is the she is a wonderful example of attraction through beauty, right? She lives a beautiful life. And um, she is a personally beautiful person. And I think that that's attractive to people. And so when when people get to know her, they like want to tap into that and be like, so so why do you do this thing that you do? And she's so comfortable in her own skin and, be, and being able to talk about her faith in a way that isn't um, isn't judgmental, isn't isn't she's not actively as, as far as I know, maybe she is maybe she is like super clandestine ninja Catholic. <laughs> conversion girl I don't know but she just has a way of being comfortable with her faith that is beautiful to other people and you know kind of like the burning bush like makes people want to draw closer to see okay now what's really going on here you know how can you be such a uh, I mean I'm going to say this it might sound pejorative like a normal person and be so faithful at the same time yeah well and she's she has said a few times she's not someone that that's like, okay, you're a soul that needs, you know, Jesus or needs the church. Save that girl. Yeah. She's, she doesn't like go after people, but more times than not, she's gotten phone calls of people who maybe moved away and, and they'll call to tell her that they are becoming Catholic. Mm -hmm. And, and just to let her know that you were a huge 
huge example to me and how much I appreciated um, just how you lived. And anytime I had a question and inviting me to mass, you know, that one time, like not even, you know, it's not even like she invites somebody that she thinks might be interested in the church to go to church with her all the time. It's just um, the, the one interaction here or there that people have called her not once, not twice, like numerous times to tell her, um, thank you. Mm. And my husband and I laugh because we're like, we are doing something wrong. That has never happened <laughs> <to> us. <laughs> Nobody ever calls us and thinks that. Yeah. Um, so Smells Like Catholic is yeah. her, I, I think uh, it was her, was it her first blog? I think this may have been her first blog. I'll have to look back and make sure, but it was definitely her first one that got like, woof a ton of attention. And again, this was one of the ones I feel like was surprising to us. Um, not because we didn't love it. Cause of course we did, but we were like, wow, this resonates with people and especially people who aren't Catholic. You know, right. one of the comments, um, after her blog that we received was from a non-Catholic that said something to the effect of, I want to, I want to find out where I can get something that smells like chrism. I'm not even Catholic, but I'm, I'm, in, I'm impressed and I want to know what that smells like. And so and into that to that point before before we do jump into the blog, there was a there were a couple comments from different people, but one was from a Catholic who had fallen away oh. and doesn't go to the church anymore. But she said that's still the most comforting smell. Like I love I love you know these scents. My my family doesn't love it as much as I do, but it just it reminds me of my childhood. You know things yeah. like that. So it's amazing how these senses and these scents and these smells that we for those of us who've grown up in the church, how comforting and how um, just just like memories of home, memories of your childhood and um, goodness. Well, so as we were saying, like this this blog that Carrie did is called Smells Like Catholic. And it was about her trip to Ireland where they stayed in a manor house with her traveling companions <laughs> um, as a group. They stayed in this manor house. I want to know more about this manor house. Like I want, I want the link so I can look at it myself. But she said that she walked in and the smell was just like transcendent. And this is someone's home that they're staying in or, you know, Airbnb type, type place, I'm guessing. And she said, but she immediately felt like it was like a Gothic cathedral when she walked in. And so she talked to the owner of the manor about it. And they were like, well, of course, because um, the, the, I think it was the wood paneling and some of the furniture had been received, or maybe they bought it from a church that was being renovated, like a, you know, hundreds and hundreds year old church that had been renovated. And so they've got this furniture and this wood that is just infused with, you know, so many smells of mass, you know, from she said it smelled like hot wax, furniture, polish, old wood and incense, you know, that like the, the fibers of the wood were just, you know, pregnant with the smells of mass. And um, and I, I totally get this. I get this whole like transcendent um, sense of smell, because I remember when I was little. My grandmother, uh, when we would stay at her house, uh, they had supper. So supper isn't necessarily lunch and it's not dinner. It's kind of like a midday meal that you kind of eat on all day long. And she would start her her meal at like six o'clock in the morning or five o'clock in the morning. And so when we would wake up, you could smell like the air perme permeated with meat. And we would call it meat morning. Like it's meat morning. <laughs> and so we'd get up and, you know, I have that same feeling like at holidays when we start the turkey early or start cooking the, the stuffing early or the dressings. Um, when you have that smell of the savory big meal of the day, first thing in the morning, it takes me back to waking up at my grandmother's house. And so I, 
totally see how, you know, Carrie walking in this house that she was not expecting to smell mass. There is this basically situation that she's staying in. (laughs) And she smells mass and it's, it's just a, it transports her mind and lifts her heart to something that was very familiar and reminiscent. Um, I love that she went on a, an investigative, um, (laughs) an investigative, like endeavor to talk to the owner and find out why it smells like church. (laughs) Why does it smell like church to me? You tell me why it smells like church. She's the only, she's the only Catholic in this group of friends. So Um, I'm sure she took it upon herself like it was her duty to get to the root bottom, the root cause of this very Catholic smell. Yeah. I think there was something that I read not long ago that was talking about how our senses are ways in which um, the Lord touches us. And obviously that's true. We're human beings. We are bodies and souls that are so integrally connected um, that that's what makes us human beings, right? Um, We're not bodies with a soul or souls that are somehow trapped in this body. Both of those are heretical that I will not go into at the time at this time, (laughs) but um, that we really are just, you know, this, this, this integral um, being um, of body and soul. And so what we, what we sense with our bodies does have an effect on our souls and on our minds and lifts us and can transcend and, and transport us in a way um, like nothing else. And I think it was called the, I hope that I'm saying um, the phrase correctly, but these are the natural consequences of the incarnation that, you know, because Jesus became one of us, because Jesus, you know, God, incarnate, you know, became man like us, he's allowing our experience of our senses, you know, our sight, our smell, our taste, our hearing, our touch, all of those things have been in a way redeemed and we're able to, to use them and experience things through them that do lift our minds and hearts to thoughts of God. And this is just like one of those ways. I mean, again, she didn't expect for her mind to immediately be brought to the Holy sacrifice of the mass and checking into her manor house, but she was, and you know, what a beautiful way that God, you know, touches us in our lives unexpectedly. So, so when you travel, when you come home, do you have that smell of home? Like, mm-hmm. does your house, my kids say, anytime we even move, we'll get unpacked and they'll go, smells like home. Yes. You know, just, there's just that comfort of peace and of um, security of your, the smell of your home. Yeah. If I'm gone for a long period of time, especially, well, I have two, well, I have two things to say about that. The first of which is, if I'm gone for a long period of time, um, I will take, I like, you know, exhale all the oxygen from my lungs before I open the door and then take a big breath because I'm a smells girl. Like I am, I am about aromatherapy and I think it's true and real and good. I do not think that any sort of essential oils are going to cure my diabetes. I don't have diabetes. <laughs> sort of, she just said diabetes. I did because that's how some people say it. They're like, oh, I got this diabetes. <laughs> that's how the man on the Quaker oatmeal deal that you said. <laughs> you know, should drive us crazy growing up diabetes. That's why I said it. Because <laughs> it's funny. But the whole point is, I don't think that these you know, smells are going to make us better, but they do kind of lift our spirits. They do for me, at least. Like, I love me some smelling salts or bath salts, you know, as I'm taking a bath, um, with lavender and, um, all of those things. So I believe in smell. So yes, when I walk into my house after a long trip and get that first whiff, I'm like, Oh, now I'm home. 
I love the smell of home. One time, however, it went south for me was we were living in our little cottage in Kamak Village, Arkansas. And um, it may have been our first trip away, actually, like from the house. Like we had moved in in the, when did we move in? It doesn't really matter. But we had been in the house just for a few months and we um, went on a trip and we came back. And we opened the front door and I was so excited to smell my, my little home and smell it. Just, you know, I'm home again. We opened the door and it was the stench of death. What was it? It was a rat under our house that had died. We had had some exclusion work done. Like we had the, um, the crawl space encapsulated, uh, just right when we moved in the house, right? And um, I think maybe we had some air conditioner work done. I can't really remember, but obviously a critter got under the house and didn't have a way back out. That was the deal because we had had the the crawl space encapsulated, didn't have a way back out. So it actually, I can only imagine that it was because when we opened up the crawl space access, it was right there, like right at the door. So it knew that's the way it had come in and it was going to get out that way or die. And it died. <laughs> it smelled so bad. Like oh, I almost had PTSD for the next year or so coming home from something like, oh no, when I open the door, is it going to smell so bad? You held your breath instead of exhaling to breathe in the fresh air. <laughs> or I took the kids in first, like, tell me if it stinks. <laughs> That is hilarious. Okay, so we, do you, okay, we went, sorry, I was hearing myself kind of echoing, but I don't hear it anymore. Um, Okay, good. We, so Carrie goes on and she kind of went on a hunt for this smell because she thought, Mm -hmm. okay, I love this. And I had told her years ago about a Bath and Body Works candle that smelled for, for lack of better explanation, like Midnight Mass. That's how I explained it. It smelled like all the incense. And I mean, it is, and it's a winter candle, no less. So like the minute they, their kind of fall candles start coming out, I go start looking for it. And um, at the time it was called winter and it was a purple candle, which for those of you who like scented advent wreaths, it was like amazing. Um, But I would buy a bunch and I'd even give them to like Catholic friends for a little kind of Christmas happies that they'd come over, you know, and come bearing gifts. I'd be like, Oh, I have something for you. you know, and I'd have it for them. And it was, it was appropriate and themed and whatever. But, um, so she goes and she's, she's looking for different essential oils. So she linked to a couple products that she found that sort of reminded her of, of mass and of that smell that she just so loved when she was in Ireland. And, um, that, took you and I onto a journey to find um, a chrism scent for one of our very first Bellator merch products. And we did two scents. So we did chrism and we did garland of roses, which is sort of our tribute to the blessed mother. Mm-hmm. Right. Because and- a rosary is a garland of roses. That's what rosary means. So we're kind of being a little, 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 there, <laughs> <laughs> but the chrism one—it's it, amazing, huh? 
Well, so we bought, we, we actually bought a, we had a, um, a wonderful home craft um, creator of beeswax lotions and things like that create this product for us. Um, it's a um, lotion bar. So it's not like lotion in a tube that you squeeze out and it's um, not soap. It is, it kind of looks like a little it bar, like but it's <laughs> actually like a lotion bar that you kind of rub in your hands and um, you get this amazing smell of chrism um, on your hands and it's, you know, moisturizing as well. But we had um, originally bought a big batch of them to give to our original uh, contributors, the Bellator Society blog contributors, um, as gifts, just to say thank you for being a part of this. And also we wanted it to be kind of a sign of, you know, we feel like your hands in writing for us um, are anointed by God. And chrism is the smell of anointing. You know, we we receive the oil of chrism at baptism and at ordination. And it's, you know, just kind of a sign of God um putting his his mark on us and um, using us in a very particular way. And so we wanted that kind of symbolism to be a part of it as well. But then while we thought that was really smart and really sweet and special, then we just started getting like requests for, can I buy some of those? Like, thank you so much for this present, but I would like some of those to give as presents myself. And we were like, well, we, we only bought enough to give to our, <laughs> our contributors. We weren't in the business of selling lotion bars, but we were like, you know what? If this is something that, people really love, we, we can, we can see if we can provide them as our first merch. And so we did launch it, I guess about a month ago for Mother's Day, we had our first, we had our second batch, but our first like selling batch. Right. Um, they were like hotcakes. I mean, the text messages the day, I, and we kind of had a deadline for when we were going to stop selling them so I, we could get them shipped out in time for Mother's Day. And we sold out several days before that. Mm -hmm. And the text messages were I need 10 more. I need eight more. Cause it wasn't even mother's day gifts. It was like people going on girl trips mm -hmm. and wanting to give them to their, to their mom friends or whatever. Um, it wasn't just, you know, for my mom or my mother-in-law or whatever. And, um, so, cause we thought people would want like two or three at a time and we were getting requests for like 10 or six or whatever. And we're like, I mean, they were gone. Right. And we're, we're not business girls. Like we didn't know how to even anticipate what people might like or how much they would want. And so we feel like, again, it's all a learning process. <laughs> this is a very, we stopped. Yeah, we have. Yes. And, um, the chrism especially is, uh, kind of gender neutral. Um, right. It's not a, it's not a girl scent or a boy scent. It's a chrism scent. And it's, we call it the balsam bar because chrism is a is sacred chrism is, you know, a very special, um, very particularly Catholic term chrism. Um, but it is scented with balsam, um, essences and again, it, but it smells just like chrism. And, um, I use mine. My children use it. I, I have one of the balsam bars in my car and one on my bedside table. And my boys, when we're in the car, um, if their hands are chapped or even if their lips are chapped, I pass it back to them and they use it. And again, not a girly smell. So they love it. And it does smell good. Um, and but I also use it before I go to bed. And it, the idea to keep it on my bedside table came to me after um, my brother was in the hospital towards the end of his life, you know, he would get really chapped lips and, um, we had found this thing and I didn't know, Tracy, you knew it too, because your sister references it, um, in her blog, Cherubom. Yes. Was it a, did you have a lotion? I had, mine was in, it looked like a big thing of chapstick, but it yes. was, but it, I will say, and I love Cherubom and it's, it's a great product too. It's a little oily. Yeah. Um, and so 
ours are not super greasy. Yeah. You know, that's what I like about ours. But yes, so we, Carrie, I got my Cherubom tube um, at our church store oh. in Colorado. Yeah. And Carrie was visiting me in Colorado and, um, you know, just asked if I had lotion. I was like, oh, here. And so she fell in love, you know, with that. And she had actually ordered some of that for herself um to have but they do they yeah they had chapstick too I never got that well we had the chapstick on like auto delivery through Amazon delivered for my brother you know because he was always using it and I always thought as I would apply it to his lips I remember one night um I was putting it on his lips I guess before we were going back to my parents or to the hotel or one of our trips and um I was putting it on his lips and I thought gosh you know obviously I hope that this is not the night that he passes away however you know, can you even imagine what it would be like to have that smell of chrism be the smell that kind of brings you into eternity? You know, it's it's the smell that brought us into the Christian life at baptism, and for that same smell to be the one, you know, right below your nose as you as you enter and you know see the face of Jesus for the first time, it just would. Uh, as one of those things that kind of chokes me up. So every time I put it on my lips, so I have it on my bedside side table, and every time I put it on my lips, I think of him, and I just think of just what that sweet smell, um, not too sweet, but that with that smell, <laughs> the sweetness of the smell um, that kind of transcends you, again, that transcendent power of smell um, to something um, higher than what we're doing here. I've heard you say that before, and um, you always put things in such a holy light every, you know, it, you have that knack of um, turning everything, it, just every life situation into kind of a holy um, a holy situation. And so I, I'm going to start putting it on my lips at night too. <laughs> Great. It's good. I love that. I would have never thought to put, um, this lotion bar on my lips, but I'm it starting. It's I'm like starting. chapstick. It really is like, but a good chapstick, like not a super oily chapstick. It just is a, it's just a good, um, I love the texture. It's kind of velvety, you know, yeah. I guess that would be it a not oily, but velvety. Um, so those, I think are the two blogs that we wanted to talk about today. I think so. I think we are ready to wrap up our first blog. I mean, our first blog. As they say. <laughs> um, so let's see, what do we have? What do we have left to talk about? Are we, well, we were going to, we were going to try as again, this, this will be a work in, in progress for us, but we were going to try to close every podcast with something we call the Bellator last little bit. Yeah. And this is, this is definitely an organic, um, edition based on just our so Tracy and I are friends in real life we used to be neighbors we used to walk every single morning at five o'clock in the morning we would get our rears out of bed into the darkness the cold the heat whatever it was even the rain and we would walk and say yeah (laughs) exactly humidity the humidity for sure. Um, we would, you know, walk and say a rosary or just talk about our lives. I mean, we, we dug in deep. Those were, and we were committed, like it was every single day. But what we found was even when our five mile walk was over, we would stand in whoever's driveway we were at the finishing point um, that day. And we couldn't like pull away. We just had like one last little bit. I want to tell you, Oh my goodness. I forgot to tell you this one little thing. And we would like make our way further. Oh, this reminds me of a quick little story. When I was, uh, I guess I'm trying to think I would have been early, uh, middle school. My mom had just had a baby, either number five or number six. I can't remember which one 
she was in, sorry about that guys. She was in a, we were in Sam's with another mom and my mom was breastfeeding the baby at the time. And she and this mom started talking about breastfeeding problems, like, you know, having whatever, I don't need to go into those details, but they were pulled, they, they were walking backwards as they were talking, they were separating, walking backwards from each other, still talking about breastfeeding and breasts the whole time. And I'm like my friend who's this other woman's child and me were standing there kind of in the middle going, this is so uncomfortable. Our mothers keep getting louder and louder as they move further apart talking about something that might not That's be awesome. Sam's appropriate material. <laughs> so fortunately, no one was up at five o'clock in the morning as we were separating, yeah. talking about all the last little bits. But um, what's your last little bit today? Well, my last little bit is as as we were talking, again, you're you're my friend that always says things that points people just to heaven. Um, but you also have a vocabulary and in a word structure, you're, you're such a linguist and I'm not. So that's why it's like, we're two opposite kind of colloquian styles. Uh, but I wrote down pregnant with a sense of mass. Like, <laughs> where'd you get that? I just said it. I, I was thinking about the little wood fibers being all like plumped up with the smell of it. The visual imagery I got from that, I was like, I'm going to write that down. <laughs> Who says pregnant with a sense of mass? That's all I've got. That's all. I like my that last little bit. Thank you. <laughs> um, my last little bit is going to be something that, um, just something that I feel is on our hearts. And I hope I speak for the both of us when I say this, like um, this forum, this podcast forum, our online, whether it's our social media or our website or our blog, isn't a zero sum game. Like we want to be cheerleaders. We want to be able to point people to the true good and beautiful wherever it may be. And so I would just say, you know, we're, we're on the prowl. As Tracy said, we've got a wish list of stuff that we want to talk about, but we also want to talk about things that other people are interested in. And so again, email us at bellatorsociety at gmail.com. If you have something on your mind, or your heart or something that you think we need to know about and talk about because we are all about shining a spotlight in that direction. Absolutely. There's enough light to go around. Thanks for joining us today on Bellator Colloquium. Please look for Bellator Society on everything social, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And if you like what we're doing here on this podcast, we would love for you to share that with us. Rate us on iTunes to help us get the word out and share, share, share. We cannot wait to chat next time right here on Bellator Colloquium, the conversation for online warriors for the true, good, and beautiful. Thank you.